Thank you. Are there any members of the public who would like to address the board on tonight's agenda items? Hi, my name is Justin Cohen, and I'll start with a thanks so much to the board, um, as Dr. Montgomery recommended. And President Sands, your, your comments um, in your president's report about education without boundaries and, ex and inclusiveness were well taken. We saw amazing improvement with Frankie by taking down barriers to education. I would ask that the board please remember in current and future decisions that physical barriers in the form of lack of accessibility for those students in the district with physical limitations represent a real and unnecessary burden on learning and success in the district to some of our most at-risk students. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Adams, did you get the picture I sent you? That isn't typically a part of, of what we do. It's put into the record, though. Okay, so it was it was um, a picture of Liam, my son Liam's, I'm Kelly Cohen. Um, it was a picture of his first day of preschool, and it was very um, touching. It was Frankie Franco. Uh, we knew him as Frankie, and Liam had their first day of preschool, and it was very touching and right on that these students feel extremely included um, by every student in the district and every single teacher they've ever had. And really, the, both of the kids and everyone in that preschool um, has exceeded everyone's expectations. Um, today, I asked Liam if there are any issues or problems um, a student in a wheelchair or a grandparent might have coming to the school. His answer was, well, the doors, you need somebody else to open them. You know, if there's a fire and you're alone, you can't open the doors when you're eating lunch. But it doesn't matter because the fire department is next door and there's always an adult with us. I appreciated the comments earlier today regarding the ADA shortcomings of the district. Today I heard from the district that you plan to redo the health and safety report and the ADA assessment report that was done previously, and then make recommendations from those reports. You have the report from 2014. 2017, when I began advocating because there weren't ramps to the kindergarten classroom, and then in 18, you did the report from Perkins that lined out specific examples of where you needed to make assessments. All along, everyone was telling me from the top to the bottom that the district was ADA compliant, ADA compliant, ADA compliant. Your definition apparently of ADA compliance and my definition of ADA compliance has been different. I asked for this summer something to be done. From the meeting earlier and this meeting, it sounds like there's no construction happening at DPM. It's very disheartening and it doesn't give me much trust. Our kids have amazing educators, they have amazing friends, and they deserve the respect from you all to give them the basics, bathrooms and doors that they can use independently. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to preface my remarks by thanking uh, Superintendent Montgomery, uh, Mr. McHugh, and Ms. Uh, uh, sorry, very upset right now. And it's actually I'm upset with your comments from the board. 
I'm going to read my public comment just to try and restrain it. My name is Brian Martin. I live in Lake Bluff. I'm a community member participating in the District 115 Education Committee. Been involved in the periphery of board activities for District 67 and 115 for nigh on seven years now. Uh, I'm here tonight to speak out against the planned elimination of critical positions within the district without what I consider to be proper and transparent communication and engagement with the community about and stakeholders about these eliminations. Quantitatively, as I've communicated in advance, there's Illinois State Board of Education guidelines around staffing and adequacy targets that specifically call out the positions that are being eliminated. They specifically say there should be one media center or library assistant for every 300 elementary school students. They say there should be supervisory aides at a 225 student to one ratio. There should be specialist teachers at a 20% of the core teacher investment ratio. These are numbers called out explicitly by the Illinois State Board of Education. From a quantitative perspective, those changes that are proposed would negatively affect the way those calculations, those formulas are done. What are the metrics that demonstrate the, necessi the necessity that we sacrifice those supports? Qualitatively, the work performed by the individuals that are in the positions that are being eliminated is critical to the teachers and the students as a factor of the quality of education that's being delivered. Eliminating the positions without a clear plan of how that work is going to be reapportioned seems totally inappropriate. The premise that reassigning headcount is not an elimination of roles, it's a specious assertion, and it assumes that no specialized duties exist within those roles. There's no plan identified for how to address the elimination of these supports. Why move to eliminate roles without a plan in place first? What is the impending pressure to force the cart before the horse? Because the graph shown shows that we have a problem, but we need to take the time to communicate that and fix it. Reductions in force, elimination of positions, it's absolutely a lever that Superintendent Montgomery and the administration need to have at their disposal for responsible fiscal management. Nobody will argue against that. The issue is, is if that these cuts are necessary, then the district has completely failed to either anticipate that they're needed, communicating the financial pressures of that decision. So either we failed to see the challenges coming far enough in advance to communicate them, we failed to communicate the impending seriousness of these challenges, or we've failed to work with the stakeholders to put together a plan and find a way to address these issues. I urge the board, because you have this right and this responsibility, to direct the administration to stay the elimination of these roles, to require them to engage with the appropriate stakeholders, including the teachers, the staff, and the community, to proactively and transparently communicate the why of why these changes are needed, what are the challenges we're working to work together to develop a plan for how do you solve that under your Thank leadership. Thank you, Mr. Martin. Direction. You've reached your three minutes. And change the situation before you declare the what and when by administrative fiat. Otherwise, the students and the, and the 
teachers are the ones who will suffer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the irony is not lost upon me that today is National Library Workers Day. So with that, <laughs> good evening, um, and thank you for your time, board and administrators. Uh, my name is Breen Tivnin. I am the library assistant, media center assistant at Everett Elementary School. I have also held this role at Cherokee Elementary School, and during the pandemic, I even remotely supported several ABA classes in this role. Last Friday, just four days ago, I was told that my role and many others in the district were being eliminated paraprofessional and teachers. Accurate data has not been given for these eliminations. No plan has been worked through to understand and mitigate the impact of these eliminations. All stakeholders were not consulted. These roles are essential to our schools and our students, your children. I'm here tonight to speak out against the elimination of all the roles, but I will focus on the role I know well, that of the library assistant. Just yesterday, Monday, the most quiet and shortest day in our school week, I recorded 29 interactions with students who came in needing help finding a book to read. This is in addition to their weekly scheduled book checkout time. I recorded two interactions with students needing help in our makerspace. I recorded three separate instances of needing to work on the setup of a story walk from the Lake Forest Library at Everett Park. So actually this is a quick PSA Everyone in the community should go check this out at Everett Park. It is a wonderful story called The Very Impatient Caterpillar by Ross Barak, and it's a great book for spring, and ask your kids about it. So back to Monday. I also recorded 26 technology-related issues that needed to be addressed. This is 60 unique interactions in the library to help students directly on our most quiet and shortest day that are in addition to my job functions, my essential job functions, my morning, afternoon, lunch, and recess duties. Sorry, <laughs> lost my place. But these are in addition. When the library assistant role ceases to exist next year, all of these opportunities to connect, interact, instruct children will cease to exist. The library will have to be closed during class times, during lunch times, break times, when the librarian is at meetings, or during plan time. There's a reason that the library is physically located in the center of almost every elementary school. The library is a special place where every student and teacher can find physical resources, a welcome and inclusive space, answers to specific questions, topic guidance, lesson support, and the library workers to help guide them, inspire them, and aid them in our collective sharing of the joy of knowledge and reading. The American Library Association says, equity extends beyond equality fairness and universal access to deliberate and intentional efforts to create service delivery models that will make sure that community members have the resources they need. The community members here are the children and staff. I love my job. I get the privilege of interacting with every student and staff member at Everett. As library assistants, our roles are more than just book check-in, check-out, shelving, processing, material repair, technology assistance, and other direct operational tasks. It is a bridge to the gap between instruction and knowledge by making sure that when anyone comes into that place at the heart of the school, they reserve, receive the service they need. I urge you to rethink this, make a plan that involves your teachers, the frontline experts. These roles are essential to our schools, our teachers, and our children, your children. Do not eliminate them. Thank you.
Thank you. Hi, good evening. My name is Patty Fleeser, and I'm the librarian at the Cube at Deer Path. I have been teaching 37 years. 24 of those last years I've been a teacher librarian, and I am a former president of the Association of Illinois, Illinois School Library Educators. I'm going to start by saying what Breen did. Today is National Library Workers Day. How ironic that we are fighting for our library workers. I want to thank all of our librarians and our library assistants. So yesterday I sent an email to Dr. Montgomery, Dr. McHugh, and the board members expressing my thoughts about the decision to cut library assistants. And I want to follow up on a few things. In my letter, I shared that there are over 25 research studies in multiple states, including Illinois, that show schools with fully certified librarians and library assistants contribute directly to student achievement, i.e. higher standardized test scores, something we've been very worried about in this district. And all those studies point to the same thing. At all grade levels, test scores tend to be higher where access to school libraries is more flexibly scheduled, where school libraries are staffed more fully, where school librarians spend more time collaborating with classroom teachers, where larger collections are available, where educational technology is more widely available, where school libraries are better funded, and where students use school libraries both individually and in groups to learn and practice the information literacy skills they will need to excel on test and as lifelong learners. Of these findings of the study, flexible scheduling, fully staffed libraries, librarians being able to collaborate with teachers, and school library usage will all suffer without a library assistant. Dr. Montgomery, you said in your reply to my email, that the decision was made after a thorough assessment of the budget and the needs of the district. But I want to know if you considered the needs of the students. And in your email last Friday, you said there weren't any job losses. It's not just a job to the library assistants. They have always gone above and beyond to make sure our teachers and students' needs are met. They skip lunch. They come to school early, stay late. They even spend their own money sometimes so that they can truly assist the librarian, the teachers, and the students. Collaborating in the design of instructional experiences is domain 1E in the Librarian Danielson rubric. In order to achieve an excellent in this subcategory, librarians must collaborate with teachers in designing, planning, implementing, and assessing meaningful learning activities that integrate the use of multiple resources and the development of research skills in various literacies. That's a lot. True collaboration, as spelled out in this rubric, takes time, and that is time the librarians will not have without library assistance. And finally, Dr. Montgomery, have you spent any time in the district libraries? I invite you, all of the central administration, building administrators, and board members to visit and observe what happens in the libraries. Don't just pop your head in or pass through on your way to a meeting, but stay and observe for a while. You may be surprised what actually happens in our library spaces. For all these reasons, I implore you, do not cut the library assistant positions 
that were in in the pre-pandemic FTEs. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Inam Rahman, and I'm the co-president of the LFEA and also a science teacher at DPM. I come here tonight to speak to you regarding the upcoming elimination of specific teaching assistants, who also, as we know, work directly with students. The impact of such a decision would be detrimental to our students, our teachers, uh, and our educational system as a whole. When I say this, I know I speak for all the educators who work in District 67. We are committed to our students. We will not tire in our efforts to support our students. We will not relent in asking and advocating for our students. We will not settle for less when it comes to our students, and I urge you to do the same. As you are, as you are aware, DPM is adopting a new schedule for next year. Are you aware that students will have science or social studies every other day, similar to the COVID schedule, the ADAB? Are you aware that students will have about 25% less instructional time in these two content areas? If we have 176 student attendance days, and students have 25% less. That is like missing 44 school days this year from science and social studies. Is this acceptable to you? Our science curriculum is rigorous, and we are in the labs most days every week. It is a known fact that our students are well prepared for science at the high school. Why is this the case? For nearly 25 years, District 67 valued having a teaching assistant in the science labs to directly work with students in a lab setting, pushing students to extend their learning. I know this because I was a lab TA 23 years ago. I started in that role. So I know how important this position is. With the elimination of the science TA position, providing a rigorous exploratory experience for our students in our $3.5 million labs will be challenging at best. And this is what gives me sleepless nights. I worry about the lack of use of all the spirit grants and all the uh, fancy labs that we have. Uh, and it, uh, I worry about that quite a bit. If a student is out sick, I want you to think of this scenario. If a student is out sick or absent and they miss a lab, there is no time in the school day or the new schedule, nor is there now a person to supervise the student to make up that lab. So what are the choices? The student either skips the whole lab activity or doesn't even get to do it, I, I don't know. So this is a missed learning opportunity that is ma made worse by the less time the students are spending learning science. In closing, removing TA positions may seem like a cost-cutting measure, but I believe it is short-sighted decision and it does have long-term consequences. The education of our children should not be sacrificed for saving a few dollars. 
We must invest in our students and their education, and I hope that you would reconsider this decision. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Hello, my name is Diane Renner, and I'm co-president of the LFEA. Before I start my prepared things, um, first of all, I found out today, the computer went ding, that uh, Cherokee checked out its 10,000th book for the year. 10,000 books. 10,000 books that are checked out, 10,000 books that are brought back in, they are checked to make sure that there's no damage to the book, any awkward sayings put in the book, and then they are shelved. This, along with all of the other duties done by the TA who is in the library. Second of all, when we talked about elimination through attrition, I'm concerned because I'm retiring in three years. So what would that mean? Does that mean we don't have fourth grade orchestra anymore? That was a question I just had going on. I come to you to discuss financial responsible decision making. When teaching in New York before working here, we went through many restructurings due to the recession in the 90s. I am that old. I understand this process very well. When looking at RIFs for financial health, it is first important to do an analysis of where the money is going and what job it is doing. You see, financial responsibility is using the resources of the district in a way that brings the most impact to student learning for each dollar spent. My concern with these positions that were chosen to RIF at this time is that they have the widest impact for the lowest salaries. They are TAs that work with an average of 300 children each. These kids know the person's name. They have conversations with the people in these positions. They learn new things in science, get help finding the perfect book just for them. And I did watch a book come on a shelf or come on the desk because a child was coming into the room. And Stacy says, I found this for you. I know you're going to love it. And the boy picked it up and said, thank you. Um, and they feel safe at school. A wellness TA helps the girls feel safe in the locker room because they are known. The children are known by these people. TA positions making about average $27,000 a year. These positions have been in the district for decades because they are such an important piece of the fabric of the school. Processes and programs have developed with these positions in place. Taking them away creates an impact that has not yet been discussed, and this is concerning. The district has invested a lot of money into opportunities for our children that might not be possible if these support positions are not in place, i.e. the science labs. I implore you to, first of all, determine the goal of the RIFs then look at the goal of what we are doing here at District 67. The work of schools is children. Children learn best in a strong and healthy learning environment. Please put our resources into what has the greatest impact on learning. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hi, my name is, <coughs> excuse me, my name is Jill Zoll. Um, I am a teacher in the district, um, and I'm also a taxpayer in the district. I live here. Um, I sent all of you uh, on the board a letter um, earlier this afternoon, So, um, and I timed myself, and it took me six minutes and 39 seconds to read, so I can't read it here tonight, so that's why I sent it to all of you. Um, but I do want to um, just urge you to please read it if you would. Um, and I'm very willing to speak with any of you further about that as a taxpayer or as a teacher. Um, I'd like for you to pay close attention to um, the FTE change versus enrollment um, change graph. Um, I believe, as well as other staff members, believe it is a little misleading. Um, so if you would explore that further, I'd appreciate that. Um, also, I appreciate uh, Mr. Carr's <laughs> comment about trust but verify. Um, we all need that. We all need to be held accountable. We make mistakes. Um, we may think one thing or another, um, and we hold each other accountable for that. So I'd appreciate that um, the board holds our leadership accountable for um, actions that they take. I don't agree with cutting positions of people who work in this district who have daily student contact, people who are engaged with students every single day. We have staff in this district that do not have daily student contact. I'm not saying that their job's not important, but you will get the most bang for your buck as a school district with the people who have daily student contact. Um, I'd appreciate it, again, if you'd read my letter for that um, and just my thoughts on that. And then before I go, um, I do appreciate all of your support during the pandemic. Um, I was an in-person school teacher with a hybrid model and I do um, appreciate the three of you that are moving off the board, but I do want to say a special thanks to Mrs. Sands, who I felt um, totally um, supported the teachers during that time as well. So thank you. Thank you for all of your work. Thank you. Hi, I'm Paul Vinger. I'm a parent. Uh, I was really happy that the uh, uh, resolution for the uh, high school passed. Um, I trust you guys all, then you said those repairs needed to be made, and so I was really glad to see that that passed, because um, that's one of the major places where the rubber meets the road in terms of servicing the students, giving them their education. The other, obviously, is the teachers. Um, so, um, uh, my son was really upset um, when he found out that the teacher who runs his, um, his chess club was going to lose her position. Uh, That's the first time he's ever been convinced to join a club of any kind. So I, I'm really happy and I'm really grateful to that teacher for providing that service. And um, all throughout the time he's been in school, he's in eighth grade now, I've always felt that um, making the teachers feel respected and valued is really important for a lot of reasons. One, they're the ones who are with our children all day every day there that's where the rubber meets the road um, and also the kids notice how we treat the teachers and that sends a message to them on a bunch of different levels sends a message to them about how we should treat people sends a message to them about how they're valued so um, I don't know too much about the decisions the personnel decisions um, but I can tell that there are a bunch of teachers here who don't feel respected and valued. Um, so that's upsetting to me. Um, so I would just put my 
white chit on the table to say that the teacher should be respected and valued and um, people are going to lose their positions, there should be a really good reason for it. Um, uh, and it should definitely be not something we'd go to. And uh, this hasn't been a topic of discussion here, but I don't, I don't know how the teachers are compensated in this district, but if we can put all that money into the facilities, I think we should make sure that the teachers are also compensated well. Like, this is, you know, a pretty wealthy community. I feel like they should at least be in the top third of comparable school districts. Um, I love the teachers here. I think they do a great job. I trust them to take care of my son um, educationally, personally, to have his best interests at heart. Everything I've seen from the board and from the superintendent, I feel the same way. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope that the teachers can be respected and valued and be made to feel that they're respected and valued. Thank you. My name is Ashley Yakes. I um, wear two hats in this district. I wasn't going to speak, so my husband's probably not going to be happy with me. But um, I am a teacher and a parent. I have two daughters at DPM this year, one at the high school. Um, I teach kindergarten at Everett, which I love. I've been in the district for probably close to 15 years now. Um, I think, one, I'll start with Frankie. I started with Frankie as a TA when I wasn't ready to be a classroom teacher back in the day, so it's incredible to watch his growth and just inspiring. Um, two, I will talk to the awesome assistants. As a kindergarten teacher, I could not um, do my job without them. The tech stuff that we don't have time for necessarily at my level with a lot of five and six-year-olds running around, you need that extra support and somebody that comes in and does their job. Um, they do read-alouds that are part of the curriculum so I highly encourage you to look at their jobs and really what they do and what the impact is because it is huge as a classroom teacher and as a parent, just the communications, the involvement they have with, they are on a name, first name basis with every student in that school. And I know with my daughters at Deer Path, my eighth grader, I think Mrs. Seymour can probably tell you, we passed the library in today, like the relationships with these children, it's amazing. So I really hope that you really consider their jobs. Um, my final thing is I've heard it, you've talked, Dr. Montgomery. Um, I am concerned about the schedule for DPM. Um, I know you hear it, like I'm very confused about it as a parent. I know my friends are confused about it. I am concerned with the loss of hours in social studies and science and knowing the rigor of the high school. I am concerned with a lot of fine arts minutes, like having a daughter who absolutely loves orchestra. Where is that going to come in? Um, because I think that we cannot be, have students that are well-rounded without the fine arts. What about foreign languages? How much of that is getting cut? Parents don't understand. I am so excited about Amplify to come in, which they're gonna speak about our new reading curriculum. I cannot tell you how excited as a parent and as a teacher I am about this new curriculum coming in. Um, I just think we need to make sure that we do not forget the fine arts, we do not get the STEM, the social studies and science. Um, having kids at the high school, the amount that is so important with social studies and science. As adults, social studies and science is still important. So I think we need to figure out ways to make it well-rounded, also to communicate with the parents. There is a lack of communication that we do, I do not understand this new schedule in the exact way with minutes, that maybe that can be looked at. Um, to help us all understand a little bit better um, and see 
I understand, like I said, the, the language arts. We need to come catch up, but I also do not want to lose the foreign language, the science, the social studies, the band orchestra choir, the home ec class where these kids learn to become adults, the health classes. I think there's so many important life skills through all of these classes. So I just want to make sure that they are not overlooked and we don't lose any more minutes in them. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I wasn't planning on speaking. Um, I am Jen Malloy. I am both a parent and a staff member in District 67. I have served the district as a special education paraprofessional, a preferred building sub, and currently serve as a learning behavior specialist. Your chart showing the disparity between staffing and students' enrollment does not account for the increase of students we have coming with complex needs, the increase in behavioral needs, the increase in academic deficit. All of this requires additional staffing and support. How will our district meet these needs while cutting support, support staff? How will we make sure that students have access to information if their access to library materials is limited by eliminating staffing who provide access to those materials? Additionally, we are already struggling with supervision during drop-off, dismissal, lunch, and recess. Due to limited supervision, there has been an increase in bullying and other risky behaviors during recess. This includes physical altercations between students. I'm also concerned separately about the new schedule at DPM due to the cuts into science and social studies minutes into fine arts. My son is an incoming fifth grader and was looking forward to having the same opportunities as his sister who's an 11th grader at the high school. He was very disheartened to learn last year that seventh and eighth grade had their drama and improv program cut. And I'm concerned that those things that students look forward to, especially if academics are not their strength, which is true for many of my students. So please remember that the arts and science and social studies are just as valuable as reading and writing and math. Additionally, asking fifth graders to sit for 120 minutes without breaks is asking a lot of our students. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your engagement with us this evening. 